Hello and welcome to campus worship here in Martin's Chapel for any people returning. We used to have it down in Lehman. It's a new location, but the same great service, sounding like I'm marketing this. Um, it's Martin Chapel EMU's hub for on-campus worship. And it is wonderful to see faces here in the room together, especially after last year's reality of connecting mainly through Zoom, occasionally with a few people in the room, but now it's glad to actually be back here in person. My name is Elizabeth Eby, and I am a student chaplain with uh, Faith and Spiritual Life. And one of the things that I get to do in this role is be part of campus worship. Campus worship happens every other Wednesday, and alternating with convocation down in Lehman. And it is a place to worship, listen to various speakers, to nurture growth in faith and spirituality. And I pray that you can be nurtured by this service that we are offering today, which is one reflecting on navigating the pandemic. Additionally, every time campus worship is happening, we are also offering convo breakout groups, which are, us. we'll look at a selection of them now. There's a few of them happening. So we have um, one on interfaith, one on climate, one on growing your purpose, and then there's some other ones that you'll see there too. And so these will be happening at the same time that campus worship is happening. Both of them are worth one, go one convo point, if that's something you're curious about. And those will be smaller um, spaces where you have opportunity for discussion as well. Hopefully in these options, you'll find something that you'll be able to best connect with. We look forward to seeing you around this semester at all these different events. And now we'll be moving into a time of song. We do ask that you can sing with us. Um, for now, we are still requiring mass to sing. And Alyssa, you can come up. I'll come. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you, Luke. We have, um, we have an opportunity for you to come and help us fill the mics. Um, we have an opportunity for students who like to sing in worship settings and play piano, guitar, and other things to make yourselves known to us. Because we're coming off of a year where we did almost everything virtually and we just don't know yet who wants to be involved for celebration Sunday nights as well and the hymn sing every other Thursday night and every other Wednesday for campus worship. So make yourselves known. We chose for the next um, hymn or song of praise, Thy Will. It's a video and you can certainly sing along, but mostly it's here to just set the stage for this theme of navigating pandemic with faithfulness. And then we will join our voices with the Voices Together book led by Elizabeth and just the, the next song. Thank you, Clay.
Now, if you'll turn in voices together to number 738, open my eyes that I may see. scripture passage that came to us in our planning is in Isaiah 40 verses 1 through 5 first and then later in the book comfort O comfort my people says your God speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term that her penalty is paid that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins a voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. In verses 27 through 31. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? 
The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. God does not faint or grow weary. God's understanding is unsearchable. This God gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So navigating pandemic. We have some stories, three stories to share, just experiences, and we hope that you start reflecting on your experiences these past 18 plus months, and then I'll bring some teaching and a homily. So all three come up, if you would, who are giving stories today. So we're talking about navigating the pandemic. If you're like me, you may be tired of talking about navigating the pandemic at this point. Constant reminders that we can get through this together and last year's assurances that we're physically distanced. We don't have to be socially distanced. Sometimes we've been afraid, especially early on, being stuck at home and watching the numbers climb in your own location and around the world, wondering what would happen next. Or maybe it's the, the fear of trying to find a quiet place in the house where you're confined with three other people, two dogs, two cats, to finish a six-page paper, which ended up being nine pages because you over-researched, and that was due the next day, and you definitely hadn't only started writing it the day before, um, not talking from experience or anything. And sometimes just being done done with going to class online, done with going in person, done with social distancing and masking and constant, how are you doing during this unprecedented time? Just done. A year and a half of my college experience has been navigating the pandemic. I've missed a semester long cross-cultural to Kenya and Ethiopia, a summer living in DC, a full year in missed theater productions, which is something I enjoy, and various other experiences, both the big and the small, that they don't seem important until they're gone. And I'm sure many here have similar experiences to share or other losses even deeper and dearer to us. What can give us comfort during those times? Last semester, specifically for me, it was two things. It was tea and it was solitaire, both of which are things to occupy your hands when they're filled with energy that you don't know what to do with. I'm someone who drinks tea every day, usually bringing a travel mug to class, I have one here, even on the hottest days, which looks a little silly. I used to fill it up in the calf midday, so that way I would always have a constant supply. For me, it's comfort in liquid form, a time to reflect in the morning in silence, and maybe even prayer, a way to pay attention during long meetings and longer classes, a gift of hospitality that's given to friends and strangers alike. The Isaiah 40 verses, first one is, comfort, O oh comfort, my people, says your God, and I would add, and give them tea, or whatever for you is your token of comfort. And then solitaire. Uh, these cards that I had went from being fairly new or fairly not used to getting very well-worn rather quickly. I got in the habit of playing during Zoom classes, during the entirety of a Zoom class, just for something to do with my hand. Hopefully, 
this doesn't spread to some of my professors. I was paying attention, though. It's essentially something to do with your hands, and it became second nature enough that my hands would go on autopilot, making my ears more attuned to listen to what was being said. A way of being present that didn't have to involve a screen yet again. A way to be strong even when you're tired, weary, and just done. I pray that you can all reflect back and find those things that lifted you up out of your exhaustion and weariness, however small or arbitrary they may be. That in that thing which grounds you and connects you beyond the days you're experiencing, connects you to something beyond yourself, that in that your strength will be re renewed, you shall walk and not faint. So for me, it wasn't my music during the pandemic that brought me through being able, because I'm blessed to have an organ and a piano actually in my home in Stanton. So I would just play almost all day. But I realize that all, not all of you can play music, but I encourage you to listen to music. Maybe listen to it from a different lens. Maybe listen to some genres that you haven't listened to before and just allow the words to speak to you and let you know that during this pandemic, you are not alone. And I realize that I'm a very blessed person I took things for granted as soon as pan the pandemic struck in 2020, like going to a restaurant, playing music with other people, hanging out with my friends. These things seemed to be a part of, normal part of our lives, and who knew how much these things would change us when we didn't have them. Matthew 6, 19-21, I feel like, can reflect on the pandemic. It says, don't collect for yourselves treasures in earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal but collect for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break or steal. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. This passage reminds us that all the possessions on earth are not going to last forever, but what we do for Christ and for others will last for eternity. I learned to cherish things. I learned to cherish that God gave me my musical talent and I learned that I need to spread it, my joy, wherever I can go. And I learned when I read the words of these hymns that I play, I realized how powerful these words were, and I want to share these powerful words with you. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust, trust the sweetest fray, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song praising my Savior all the day long. Whatever your song is, allow it to speak to your heart and know that you are never alone. Good morning, everyone. It's lovely to see faces, even though we're still doing the two-thirds type of look. Um, Luke, thank you for sharing that. Uh, we didn't plan that, but... Uh, my story is very similar to what Luke shared. Um, I was in quarantine three different times for two full weeks, so if you can beat that, let me know. Um, but I, I really um, 
began to de develop this understanding of the value of uh, worship in solitude and just truly pouring out your heart to God <laughs> and before him. Um, and so now I'll start reading and keep myself on track here. So hi, everyone. My name's Alyssa. I'm a junior here at EMU. And I have a heart for worship and the most pure worship-filled atmospheres, which is what originally drove me to become a student chaplain, which is why I'm standing before you this morning. Um, I'll add a shameless plug here for celebration that Brian alluded to earlier. 9 p.m. on Sunday evenings right here where we're standing. So if you also share that heart and that passion for worship, um, you know where to come. <laughs> Um, I think one of the most unique parts of our Christian faith is the ability to experience God in our own individual ways. For myself, that happens to fall in worshipful spaces, both in solitude and communal worship um, with other fellow believers. After being sent home from EMU last year, or I guess it was two years ago, <laughs> I had the honor to be a part of a Bible study back home with a few kids from my high school. Um, let me just stress that never in a million years did I expect to see not one, but two of my high school quarterbacks in my backyard sitting around a bonfire talking about Jesus. Um, sounds crazy, and it is, <laughs> um, but that's just how God tends to work. Um, it was all from this experience, all thanks to our beloved coronavirus, that I truly began to understand the importance of worship in my life. Um, our group spent a lot of our time worshiping together, pretty much completely off-key, off-tempo, anything off musically that you could imagine, um, and yet God <laughs> promises that that is still glorifying to him um, if our hearts are pure before him. Um, we, cons we committed ourselves to meeting together once a week, as the church described in Acts instructs us to do, um, and my Bible study group became the church family I missed so much during our time of national shutdown. Um, and those relationships are one, ones that I won't soon sacrifice. Um, COVID has certainly caused and is definitely still causing much grief and pain. But I'm so blessed to be able, by, by God's grace, to find blessings within that grief. Thank you. So as university chaplain, I've been wondering, preparing for this, how has the pandemic impacted you? Those who are coming here to EMU, forming this community, how has it impacted you emotionally, relationally, physically, mentally? How has it impacted you spiritually? Have you and your family and friends found meaningful, helpful ways to navigate this health crisis together. And I've been pondering in preparation for this particular service what faith might have to do with navigating a pandemic. How does faith and faithfulness impact our attitude and actions while moving through a pandemic? And some might ask, where was God through all of this? Or where is God? And that's a legitimate question. It's a spiritual question, a searching and a yearning question. Well, early or last spring, when some faith and church leaders were meeting with Sarah Bixler, a professor here at the seminary, assistant professor of formation and, and um, practical theology, Sarah brought some thoughts to us that, that I want to bring into this invitation to consider that question. 
And she shared with us in, in Jesus' farewell discourse in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, Jesus assures his disciples of his continued presence. As we live out our Christian spirituality, we recognize that we can connect with God and experience God's presence as being very near, even without physical proximity. This is how God is always with us, and we have had to figure out how to be with one another this way, often without physical closeness. Now, maybe it doesn't feel like that as much today. We've figured out how to be close and we're wearing masks, but just think back to that shutdown period. Jesus goes on to say, those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. So through Christ, could we, even during the shutdown, or even now where we're partially closed from one another, could we still share a sense of home with one another, even while not physically present? Do we know how to do this? Receiving God's presence with us, God with us, and extending it to others in seasons of social and relational isolation. The Isaiah 40 passage is considered to be one that demonstrates how God comforted God's people, saying, God gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even young people will faint and be weary. Even young folks will fall exhausted. Did that happen to you over the past 18 months? But those who wait for God will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Those who wait for God. Hmm, we had a lot of waiting this last while. Now this idea of mounting, mounting with wings like eagles caught our attention, both Sarah and I. An illustration of strength being renewed by God's active presence in our lives. It's like mounting up on wings of eagles. It reminds me of this nugget of wisdom that Sarah shared in that same gathering. She said the 12th century German Benedictine abbess Hildegard de Bingen, has anyone heard of Hildegard de Bingen? Perhaps raise your hand if you have several, some of us, not everyone. She's best known for her spiritual visions that were shared with others and, and some then written down. And Hildegard de Bingen describes how we, the spiritually aware, I think is what she, who she was talking about, are meant to fly like eagles with two wings, one wing of suffering and one wing of grace. One wing of suffering maybe grief, hardship, loss, what would you name it? The suffering that might have been present to you through pandemic times. And one wing of grace, acceptance, gift, possibility, what would you name it? Grace. These two wings, in tension with one another, working together, informing one another, allowing for flight, and spiritual awareness as we reflect on it. During these past 18 months, when and how have you experienced a sense of loss or suffering? 
or where have you experienced grace and acceptance? I encourage you to reflect on these things. Let's consider more fully the metaphor of an eagle in flight and the significance of the two wings, suffering and grace. It's for spiritual awareness related to navigating pandemic times. I have to wonder if the eagle's tail might have been mentioned by Hildegard too. The tail with the long tail feathers that match the wing feathers, right? You see the eagle's tail is essentially a rudder. And rudders dictate direction for a moving object. Think of a boat. Rudders. I wonder if the rudder might be an illustration, I guess, of, of the role of faith and faithfulness in navigating life. Yes, suffering and grace, but then how, where are we going as we're flying with awareness of the, the loss and the acceptance, right? The choice of intention, the setting of direction for our moving, is in the action and the angle of the tail. I want us to watch a video, a slowed down, slow motion version of an eagle in flight. And just, you know, watch the wings, but also the tail. It's just about a minute, a little over a minute. As you keep watching, I recognize that not all of us can fly freely like this eagle at, at all times. And the same is true for eagles. Not, not all eagles can fly like this all the time. There recently was a story in our local paper of a young eagle that had been poisoned by lead and then disoriented and hit by a car and taken to the wildlife rehab center um, near Waynesboro and nurtured back to health and was re recently released. We too sometimes get hit by things, grounded, stumped, blocked, such that we're immobile for a season of needed healing. Did you ever feel immobilized these past 18 plus months? Our direction setting rudders will not be as effective when we're still. And yet there's something spirit-guided that still happens in that space. It's internally ruddering us, guiding us toward healing, renewal, and returned flight. Sometimes with lots of support from the community, from medical professionals, from others, just rest, whatever it is. Have you ever noticed your life coming back to you after a time of being immobilized. So in closing, I just wonder during these past pandemic months, what intentional faithful choices and practices have nurtured you to hold and learn from the sense of loss and suffering if you experienced it? How have you made sense of that? Maybe you still are. How has faith expanded your experiences of grace and possibility? 
of, of being affirmed, that you are enough. You don't have to always be something someone else thinks you should be or what you think you should be, that maybe you are enough in God's love. How might we all navigate this ongoing pandemic with a faithfulness that makes all the difference for ourselves and others? That's what I leave you with. It's the prayerful invitation laid on my heart for all of us gathered here. And I encourage you to talk with people about it, to journal, to at least hold the questions a little while longer. We have a song of response I want to offer. It's a video, and it has the lyrics. You could certainly sing along. But I, I was drawn to it. Go ahead and start it, Clay, because it has a long intro, long, sort of long. I was drawn to it because of the imagery there. Many of us experience God through nature, and, and that's present here in this song. We'll raise you up on eagles' wings.
We have a very brief time of prayer here, and um, I like that that song referenced the night, thinking about the times where we've gone through hardships where it feels like night. And so for this prayer, if you would like, I invite you to actually close your eyes. I sometimes keep mine open, but this is about imagining the night. So let us pray. God, it is night. The night is for stillness. Let us be still in the presence of God. It is night after a long day. What has been done has been done. What has not been done has not been done. Let it be. The night is dark. Let our fears of the darkness of the world and of our own lives rest in you. The night is quiet. Let the quietness of your peace enfold us, all dear to us and all who have no peace. The night heralds the dawn. Let us look expectantly to a new day, new joys, new possibilities. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you, thank you. May it be so. We want to close this time, the last five minutes, and just introducing um, to you the Office of Faith and Spiritual Life here at EMU. Um, our webpage, if you'll scroll down a little bit, um, you'll see various things that are on the page. The Office of, hold there, right, right there. The Office of Faith and Spiritual Life helps you to explore your faith no matter where you begin. We want to start where you are. And we welcome questions and doubts and encourage you to take the next step of your faith journey and think about how your values and passions shape your life takes many forms. We, our core values include faith development and service and peacemaking and sustainability and environmental stewardship, community. Um, beyond that, interfaith engagement uh, and just searching through our own stories. Also, working toward a more transforming for a more just and compassionate world. You can see a number of things here. You can look around later on, but for now I'd like to go to the student chaplain page and um, this is the team of chaplains. Two of them are here, Elizabeth and Alyssa. If you would let us know, what, did it, what is it that you're leading? What's your emphasis? And then we'll also tell you about Natalie and Micah and Philip. Hi again. Um, I kind of talked about it, but um, I really love worship, and um, I feel closest to God when I'm worshiping, um, both by myself and with other people especially. Um, and so I want to facilitate and hold spaces of pure, genuine worship of different kinds. Um, I very much welcome any and all suggestions <laughs> for, for what speaks most to your heart. 
Um, and so we talked about it. I don't know if three times is too much, but celebration <laughs> Sunday at 9 p.m. Um, is one space where that can happen. Um, you're in another one of them. Our campus worship on the off week of convocation um, is an intentional uh, Christian worship space. Um, and there's hymn sing, which will actually be led by Elizabeth. Um, and yeah, uh, hopefully more, probably some bonfire celebrations here or there. Um, so if you're interested, it would be lovely to, to see your faces there. And even if it's with mask on, we'll make it work. <laughs> um, and I also want to introduce Natalie. She's not with us, but her area of focus is on-campus discipleship. Um, she's, a, she's very connected with a local church called Divine Unity Community Church. Um, if you, heard, if you have heard people talk about duck, that's what they're talking about. Um, and they have a, a fairly large um, campus ministry called Every Nation Campus, ENC for short, um, which brings together um, EMU students, Mary Baldwin, um, Blue Ridge Community College, JMU, and I think that's it, any other local schools. Um, and so they have presences on each campus um, through campus affiliates uh, that are willing and, and ready and passionate about meeting with students and holding small group spaces. Um, and so if you have an interest in joining a Bible study through that program, that would be um, Natalie Brown, who you reach out to and um, connect with. And she would love to, to meet you, talk with you. And her passion is definitely relationship building. And I am Elizabeth Eby. Um, my area of focus this semester is conversation and dialogue. I'm going to try to host some spaces to talk about philosophical, theological, and also just some fun spaces too, hopefully, and get that started pretty soon. Also, as was mentioned, I'm leading Himsing um, this year, as well as Philip Crable, and we have one other leader. And that's happening tomorrow night, 930 here if anyone is interested. It's just singing for an hour, so it should be pretty fun. And then I'll also introduce uh, Philip Crable, who is focusing on interfaith this semester. So he's actually leading, helping lead a breakout gathering during this time. So that's what he's doing. And so he'll be focusing on interfaith opportunities as his area of focus. And then Micah Buckwalter, Buckwalter is focusing on sustainability and as a uh, focus connected to faith, and he's also doing a breakout gathering to this time. So if any of you are interested in connecting to those areas, those are the people that you reach out to for those connections. All right, usually we end with announcements. Today all we're going to do is pull up the events calendar, just reminding you, take a look at this and see what's coming. The hand, there's a handy little two-week um, knob that, or not, whatever it's called, tab that you can click and it just brings it up a little closer. What's going on? You can see all kinds of things happening. I want to remind you next Wednesday morning is convocation. So this every other week. Next time it's one option, large group in layman. And we are hosting Ibu Patel. He is the yeah, founder and interfaith executive director of Interfaith Youth Corps and in Chicago, his title of his address is, We Need to Build Field Notes for Diverse Democracy. 
We're seeing this as a keynote. We want lots of students there. You may not agree with everything he says, and actually that's really helpful because then you have energy to discuss amongst yourselves. That's the, our focus so many times. Thank you. God be with you as you continue to navigate. Remember to scan out and take the books back to the hymnal racks if you would. That'll help us a lot. Go in peace.